For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. <laughs> Damn it, for you. Somebody tell him he's a rookie. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cast and Alex Acker back with you for another new episode. And Alex, as always, joining me from Italy. Uh, what's going on, guys? Hey, how you doing, Alex? What's uh, what's going on uh, across the pond? I see, I see you're back in the gym again, getting a. Uh, Getting back on the court, that's got to feel good after all this time. Oh, it feels awesome, yeah. Um, I had the opportunity, um, a local team around here actually um, found out that I was out here and they wanted me to um, help out with their youth uh, team. And in exchange for that, they were going to do a solid for me as far as getting my coach's license out here. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, also learning Italian. Uh, So they're going to actually get me into classes to, you know, brush up on my Italian so it's a it's a pretty you know hand-in-hand good good feeling right now for me yeah I was gonna say you're in a good spot we know Italy obviously suffered big time with the coronavirus a couple months ago but it seems like you guys like most of the rest of the world not in the United States is doing pretty well with this thing so how how are things just going lifestyle wise for you and able to kind of start to get back to normal a little bit no it's pretty good now I think for the most part uh my wife just told me that um, we do not have to walk around with masks on, which is pretty awesome. But inside of a building or something like that that we're going into, hmm. we have to be respectful of wearing the mask more than anything. But walking around and stuff and activities, um, you don't have to wear a mask. So I think it's doing good, you know what I mean, for that most part. But uh, I'm still cautious about it. I'm still wearing my mask. And a lot of other people are, too, for the most part. So... Uh, virus is still here, so I'm taking full precaution. I got you know elderly that I'm living with, and uh, my wife's family um, next door to us, and you know the kids is there as well too. So, got to take the steps the right way. Yeah, absolutely. But that's that's great to hear that that's uh, you know trending in the right direction over there. And uh, you know when we, we were talking last week or the past couple weeks. We know that we've all we've been kind of curious how this whole NBA thing is gonna work out in the in the bubble, and we're, you know, because of Twitter accounts like NBA Bubble Life and all this stuff with the teams now in the bubble, we're starting to get a real look at how this thing is gonna work. And at least, you know, so far with all the testing and everything, it seems like to this point, granted they haven't started playing against each other yet, but teams are practicing. They're in the bubble. Uh, they're in their different hotels and resorts, uh, you know, in the Disney World campus. So, uh, yeah, you know, so it's gotta, far, it's got to be pretty awesome. To yeah. sorry, not to cut you. It's got to be pretty awesome to play five on five. You know what I mean? Especially with you guys and get up and down on the court, man. So I know they're excited, fresh legs, energy, and they're ready to go and pump and stuff. I see a lot of guys in highlights, um, getting extra shots and stuff, and just smiling and just getting back for that joy, which you know, which has been missing. You know, playing basketball. So I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for watching the game, too. 
Yeah, I'm super excited. And it, 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 it's weird because it has been so long without basketball, but it's also feeling like it's kind of sneaking up so fast that we have a scrimmage game for the Clippers, the very first game that any teams will play, Clippers Magic on Wednesday uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern. So they, you know, the very first game, granted it's an exhibition, but we have actual basketball taking place in less than a week. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Are they going to actually show it, the game? You know, I was looking for that too. I, I, I haven't seen exactly if they are. I would assume either NBA TV or maybe the, the local Clippers Fox they affiliate. Gotta, will yeah. feel like we got to yeah. see it, right? We got to see it. Heck yeah. We got to see what the team is on, you know, what, they, uh, what they've been working with and stuff like that. And who's actually there, you know. I think you told me a lot of guys aren't there too as well, right? Yeah, so it's interesting. So the Clippers have, uh, you know, when they talked about who's going to be there in the bubble and we talked about Lou Williams a couple weeks ago and his, you know, uncertainty at a point. And basically they all said they were either none of them were going to go or they were all going to go. So I think at some point they expect everyone to be there. But, yeah, right now – no word on Avica Zubats or uh, Marcus Morris, and we also know Landry Shamit uh, is getting over his positive test and is recovering well and will join the team at some point. Uh, and then throw in Montres Harrell, who has been with the team, but he had a family emergency, so he's going to leave the bubble, and then he'll have to, of course, whenever he's able to return, kind of go through okay. the, the quarantine protocol again and basically I think it's something like 10 days and a couple of, te- you know, three or four negative tests and isolate once you get there until he can get back and rejoin the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen a lot of guys actually having problems with, you know, family emergencies, uh, for whatever the case may be. Um, Got to take it serious for sure. But a lot of guys have been, you know, absent for that situation. And um, I think the most part is just, you know, making sure the family's more important than anything right now, make sure they're okay. Um, I've seen LeBron, he was stressing the fact that he, it was hard for him to even leave, you know, his family, but been that close that long and stuff like that, especially at a time like this where, you know, how you're a man at the house and then, you know, coronavirus, a lot of other things going on in the world. So it's a difficult situation to play in and to have your head right playing basketball. You got to be comfortable, but most importantly, you got to make sure the family's safe and secure. Yeah, that's something that can be overlooked. You know, obviously, we're excited for basketball and thinking about that, but. As you mentioned these guys are obviously all all humans with families and, and lives and you know at least True. for the I think it's like the first two months of the of the season before the families can come in so you're yeah, you're separated from your loved ones for a couple of months once you enter this bubble so it's a it's got to be a pretty taxing thing and obviously something that's a really unique experience that a lot of guys haven't been through before for sure yeah yeah for sure yeah. But yeah, no, you mentioned you know a couple other players. Zion for for the Pelicans also had to leave the bubble for a family emergency. So, you know, hopefully, exactly. ho- yeah, hopefully for these guys, it's just something where, you know, we obviously hope that everything is okay with their families and you know they can get back some point during this, whether it's the preseason or early in the regular season, and all and be ready to go. You know, once it's playoff time, which is still a little ways away, that'll be mid- middle of August before we're into you know, actual playoff competition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was a, it was a, it was a weird situation to lead a spur of the moment. And then you just throwing in Florida, everybody in Florida, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, 82 games, you're, you, you go home. Uh, some people don't understand that you go home or you fly wherever you need to go and you coming back, you know, a day or two and with your family and stuff. But to be gone 
like they say in this bubble for that long, you know what I mean, to play exhibition games all the way to the regular season games, to playoffs, to see who's going to make it, you're gone for some time. And it's not like the fans the fans or your family can see you. Nobody's in the gym at all, you know. Yeah. And uh, I wonder how that's going to sound, you know, and, and, you know, have a feeling playing basketball in front of an empty, you know, arena, you know, how that feeling's going to be. I think it'll be an adjustment for sure. But I also think that, you know, these guys, obviously the best basketball players in the world, and, you know, they play over the summer in these kind of environments. So I think it's just about (laughs) kind of getting the right mindset, right? You know, you're going to be playing as you normally do, but also kind of locking in when it's not in front of a big crowd. It'll be, I think, an adjustment, Mm -hmm. especially at least in the first couple weeks. Yeah, it'd be like really like, you know, like the uh, the Drew League in a way, you know yeah. what I mean, type atmosphere where they just hooping and it's going to be some guys that's really loose and, and, and being able to play their game, not being stressed by the, the crowd or anything like that. Um, it's going to be pretty dope. I, I really going to see like a lot of guys step on that court and just really have that love of, you know, high school and when they first started playing basketball, you know what I mean? Just by themselves, five on five, pick up ball, you know, in that atmosphere. That's that's actually really interesting, yeah, because all obviously anyone at the NBA level is an incredible player, but, uh, you know, maybe some of these guys that are role players or don't have, you know, the, the star label might play better in this environment, like you said, where there's no exactly. big crowd or no normal type of pressure like there is. Obviously, you still have, you're trying to win basketball games and play at a high level, but... You know, maybe someone comes up and surprises us for one of these teams and really shows themselves and, you know, shows a skill set that we haven't seen before. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I remember you said the last conversation we had with the episode, it was going to be a lot of cussing. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that's that's we're gonna hear. I know we might, so need a, we might need a raise for whoever is censoring these games. <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah. And... and uh, no, go ahead, Alex. My bad. No, I was saying the uh, the Clippers are actually getting interviewed. I see Kawhi Leonard giving everybody short fuse answers to you know <laughs> questions. Um, that guy's a character in his own self, so <laughs> he's back to his normal self for sure. Um, everybody's looking healthy more than anything, and um, it's just good to see basketball for that in general. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting and. You know, as we said, we don't really know because there's not a lot of information on, you know, the players that aren't there when they'll get back. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least for the brief moment right now, and it's still, you know, going into the, the scrimmages and the early regular season. But we talked about Joakim Noah last week. He might actually get some time now with, you know, Zubats oh, and Montrez Harrell not there at the moment and Marcus Morris at the moment. So, uh, you know, yeah. it'll be at least that. it'll at least be an early potentially – opportunity for him to show if he can contribute to the team yeah yeah and i would i would love to see him in the fire right now just to see what he is capable of doing you know that would be pretty smart from the coach's standpoint um to get him in there especially in the scrimmage against orlando you know yeah. um, not play him as much but just get a feel for him and see what he can do you know to help the team if it's if it's needed you know um, that would be helpful for sure yeah and i think another thing that the Clippers haven't been able to do as much this season just because of how much depth they have. But 
We know last year, and especially during the playoffs against the Warriors, Jermichael Green started at the five and played really, really well. You know, he might get that opportunity, too, with a lot of these guys not there right now. And we know that the Clippers are so versatile, but that gives them an opportunity to play a lineup where they can, kind of like the Warriors have done in years past, basically have shooters in all five positions and really put pressure on other teams' defenses. Yeah, similar to what uh, the Rockets is doing, too. Yeah, exactly. Tucker playing the five. He's not that small by no means, but... It's, it's, a, it's a different era of basketball where you got to take those steps and you got to counteract with that. You know what I mean? You got five shooters that can actually also put it on the floor and facilitate and create for themselves and others. It's kind of hard to guard. You can't have the same, you know, block centers that are clogging up the paint, you know, guarding these guys that's way out in the perimeter. You know what I mean? So the adjustment is, is, is a great insight uh, to have when you got big guys that can, Know, pick and pop and shoot 15 footers and, and threes as well and stretch out the defense it's a blessing yeah and the Clippers played the Rockets you know close to before the stoppage happened in, in early March and mm-hmm. you know they might be obviously the Rockets get all the attention for going you know ultra small hyper small whatever you want to call it but uh, we saw in that matchup where the Clippers were up by you know as many as, as 30 points at one time you know they yeah. might be more equipped to do that at a higher level and then they don't have to do it as much because they do have size but as you said they have big guys who are a little bigger than pj tucker who can also step out and hit the three but protect the rim and provide that size in a better way too yeah for sure for sure you got guys that just set the screen for these guys man you got guys on the all coming off the bench averaging 20 points yeah. <laughs> you know you got you got you got definitely Crazy shooters from all angles. You got uh, Paul George who can facilitate. Kawhi Leonard who can get his own. Um, they bring it up the court, so it, it's crazy what they can do, man. You know what I mean? They they are a complete package, uh, uh, complete package team for sure. Yeah, I mean we just can't wait for some basketball and uh, as we said, we know in general, man. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> basketball in itself, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I got to tell you, like, we were talking about it last week, too, but, you know, that the basketball tournament, you know, the TBT that was on, you know, the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks, and just, yeah, it's almost, despite how much I know I love basketball, it's like the minute I turned it on, I was just like, oh, yeah, this this is what I've been missing for it. these months. This yeah, it, just, yeah. <laughs> so just having, having it back in the NBA will be, a, will be a, a real big blessing. I haven't got a chance to even catch a game. What's going on with that situation? Is it over? Who won? It's over. Yeah, the uh, the Marquette alumni uh, won it in a, a really awesome championship game. Uh, to be honest, it was uh, you know they do the Elam ending in the basketball tournament, which is what they did in this year's All Star game. Where yes, you yes, know, they I set, love that structure. They set the target score, so there's always basically the game ends on a made shot or a made free throw, and you know it was a really back and forth, incredibly close game, and uh, yeah, the Marquette team with a was a 39-year-old Travis Diener, former Dwayne Wade teammate, knocked down the three to, to, to end it. He's still hooping, Diener, huh? Yeah, it's funny because he, basically they were saying they had to kind of convince him to, to play this last time because he was basically done yeah. and, you know, he didn't play a lot, but they put him on in crunch time and he got they left him open in the corner and he finished yeah. he finished it off for the, for the million-dollar prize. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I remember Diener out here hooping, too. He was nice, too. For sure, yeah. He's been a he's been a fan favorite for sure, Marquette. 
big yeah. one with D-Wade. Yeah, yep. big-time shooter. What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe is designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home 24/7. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafe.com/team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com/team. It feels good to fear less. In the bubble, outside of just the basketball playing itself, we've seen these guys obviously trying to, to keep themselves entertained and busy. We've seen a lot of videos of guys fishing. You know, they have game rooms and other stuff. For you, if you were in the bubble, what would be your go-to activity outside of just being in the gym? Oh, man. Let's start with the snacks first. <laughs> uh, my, <laughs> my preference snack would probably be barbecue sunflower seeds from David's. I, I adore those. So I would have nice. brought a whole bag of those, you know. <laughs> and, and then um, uh, I, I've been a, a PlayStation head, I should say, for a long time. But I gave it up since I had my two kids. So I would love to tap into that situation, playing my Call of Duty for a little bit, you know what I mean, uninterrupted. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, though, man, I'd be probably playing ding dong ditch and knocking on people's doors <laughs> <laughs> and running this stuff. <laughs> Being stupid, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, you're actually in a room full of your 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 rivals and everybody, you know what I mean? But it's still basketball inside a inside of a shell. So it's gonna be all love and just and just enjoying each other uh, from that standpoint. Playing cards and stuff. I'm not a gambling person, so I stick to you know simple stuff, Uno and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, spades. <laughs> but um, other than that, though, man, just keep it simple. Play ping pong. Uh, for the most part, I'll probably be breaking into gyms <laughs> in Disneyland <laughs> trying to get extra shots up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, just keeping it fun, man. Most part, it'd be hard for me to sleep during that situation. All that freedom. Um, you know, just the excitement of playing basketball after four months, um, watching film and video, catching up on a lot of shows and stuff like that. Yeah, it's almost like a uh, a college, like AAU atmosphere, like you talked about with being with, you know, your teammates and your group of guys and in a hotel. Heck this yeah. is obviously an extended version of that, but it's got to be kind of that throwback feel for a lot of these guys. Heck yeah, because most of all these guys play with each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. As far as AAU and stuff like that. And now they're on the same team pretty much in the nutshell. So getting that camaraderie back and that feel, man, is just, is just playing basketball with straight freedom and no boundaries as far as constrictions. And just playing for the love for it without a dollar sign, you know, in that, in that arena as far as uh, AAU basketball structure. And I remember playing AAU with some of the elite guys. Um, Antoine Wright, who was like uh, drafted, I think number eighteen, the same year I was drafted, which was awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? And we went to the AAU uh, in Las Vegas, and, and damn near lost. Um, damn near won a championship. Lost, we lost to uh, I think it was the Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Uh, I forgot the name of their team, but they were stacked though. They had some crazy guys on that team, but. Just that that bond that we have is, is is awesome. You know what I mean. Love to get back to that situation for sure. And they're in that right now, that bubble. You know, so that's that's pretty that's pretty dope. Yeah, and, and that's really interesting because I know that 
obviously, like you mentioned, all these guys or most of these guys kind of know each other growing up and it's a different dynamic than, you know, it was back in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Uh, for you, who you know, a player obviously was in the league. You mentioned you played with some of these guys in AAU. What's that like coming up with a lot of these guys? And then what are those relationships like when you get to the NBA and you make it to that level and you're seeing a lot of the guys that you've seen throughout the years, you know, at this same highest level? Man, it's dope. It's really dope because, you know, um, AAU, we actually pushing each other to be great. You really have no idea the outcome of it all because we're all in the same pool trying to make it, you know, uh, hear your name get called. It's a long way. You still got four years in college as well, so you're really trying to work toward getting a scholarship if you don't even have, you know, uh, qualifications as far as getting a scholarship. So from that standpoint, in, in high school, is is, is dope because um, when I came along, it started off with the, ranking, the rankings. You know yeah. what I mean? 2005, that's when they started putting in the rankings, the top 200, top 100 point guards and categories and all that. And I would check every single day to see if I was ranked, and I was never ranked. <laughs> I remember seeing my name once um, in front of all these guys, and most of the guys that I played with in AAU, they were ranked, you know. So that gave me the, the tenacity to go at them in practice and stuff like that and uh, prove myself. And um, a lot of guys fanned it off, but some guys actually made it to the cream of the crop. And I said before, Antoine Wright, he was a a, a, a native of my land as far as the IE. Um, so we pushed each other. And he went to uh, Texas A&M. I went to Pepperdine. Um, never played against each other in, in college. Um, but the last time we met was in the draft, you know what I mean, in 2005. Yeah. And, and hearing his name called before mine, it was really like, damn, he made it. I seen the struggle, how hard he worked, and he actually got there. And um, it was it was just dope, you know what I mean? I cheered for him like crazy, you know. And then hearing my name get called too. Um, after that, um, I seen him. I didn't go to New York to hear, you know, because I'm the last player pick for sure. I'm not going to New York <laughs> <laughs> to meet the commissioner for that. <laughs> But, um, you know, after you get drafted, they put you um, in for a week as far as the finances and literature and a lot of other things to prepare for, you know, the NBA, um, what's to come and stuff and how to manage your, your time spent and stuff. So they teach you and mold you within a week. They give you a lot of mentorship, which is dope. And uh, we went to New York, no phones or nothing like that, no Wi-Fi. And they, every single day, it was like a list of things that we had to do. We had Chris Paul, who got drafted the same year, too. And uh, that was the first time I met Antoine Wright again. And we just hit it off again. You know, we didn't sleep at all because we was, like, just in shock. Like, damn, we really made it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was pretty dope, man. It really was. No, that's yeah. amazing. And on those rankings, I'm sure some of the guys that were ranked ahead of you over the years – didn't get to hear their name called in the NBA draft. So that's, you know, kind of that's crazy, winning yeah. that one in the end, right? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. I mean, some guys like like Luther Head and stuff like that who who was supposed to be ranked number one went down to number two and yeah. had a crazy, you know what I mean, college career. A lot of what a lot of other guys I can't really name, but guys that had some crazy college careers, you know, beating Duke and stuff like that, you know, Michigan players and they don't hear their name called at all it's like damn you're really an elite player you really heard your name called out of all europeaners and all college athletes from 
and I got, I got, I went out of my junior year, you know what I mean? I still had another year to go back. So every senior, and from that standpoint, your elite out of 60 was pretty, it gives me chills to this day, you know what I mean, to have that inspiration. I'm still looking for um, that tape, <laughs> if anybody can find it for me, <laughs> of that 2005 NBA draft where I can actually hear my name getting called because I want to have that for my for my family and my kids for sure to have. Right, we're gonna we're, yeah, we're gonna put that out to the to the masses and see if we can get hands on that video of Alex Acker getting yeah. drafted in two thousand five yeah, NBA that'd draft. That'd be dope. <laughs> and that the point you bring up is something that I've always kind of wondered from the outside, obviously not being, you know, a professional level player or anything like that, but just knowing that there are so many amazing players and talent, uh in the college game and the pro game being so different. So you, as you mentioned, some guys have amazing college careers and for whatever reason, their game just doesn't translate to the NBA level. For you, who's been yeah. a part of both, what's the biggest difference between just the college game and the NBA game and uh, just kind of the adjustment that takes place with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and I hear it. Uh, a lot of guys ask me that too. And it's weird because it's like the same situation as far as um, going from high school to college, you know, like the why why can't high school players, you know, formulate their game and translate it into elite college players, you know, and it's it's the discipline and structure more than anything. Mm. Um, you hit it on the head more um, in the beginning when you said um, everybody in the NBA can play, and it's true, everybody in the NBA can play, but then you look at it like why isn't everybody has a jersey not playing you know what I mean yeah. it's because the the string that the coach is allowing players to have is a trust factor can I trust you to do this thing that I need you to do 82 games without if I go blind I can trust you to do this 80, 82 games you know what I mean and that's the trust factor because you got to build that string from your coach's standpoint first more than anything and and I see that a lot of guys can't understand what is needed for them. They think that I got to put the ball in the basket, I got to score. Everybody can do that. You know what I mean? What else can you bring for the team? And sometimes it's not even like you got to be the best player. You know what I mean? I don't think I was the best player in my college team. I think I had a great upside potential. And um, we had a stacked team. I think you know who, who was on the team for sure. Yeah. But, um, it was the consistency that I was bringing every single night and day, um, making sure that I was uh, uh, consistent more than anything. You know, I didn't I didn't shy away from you know, fifteen sixteen points, but I was six five, and I averaged like six rebounds. And you know, that's pretty awesome from a guard standpoint. That's that's going to get rebounds, push the floor, run point guard, facilitate the ball, get five and six assists as well. You know, helping out, you know, on the defensive end, you know, and being able to guard multiple guards and switches, like all kinds of things. I, I never limited myself into just being like a three-point shooter and stuff like that because the era that I came from, I think, is more important that you got to be able to do a lot more things than just do one thing in Pacific. Yeah, and that's got to be that's got to be one of the you know, the things that translates over, right? I think or that's difficult for guys to do in the league, especially nowadays where the game has become more spread out. You have a lot of guys who probably can utilize more than one skill set, but, you know, if you're not a superstar player, you know, we've heard like the D and three wing. You'd be able to hit threes and play defense, and you're not necessarily asked to do as much 
even though that sounds yeah. like it could be simpler, it could be more difficult because you're kind of being pigeonholed into something that is a little bit different than you grew up doing. Yes, for sure. And some people hit their heads, bang their heads when the coaches tell them to do something that they're not able to do, you know, and um, or they don't feel they, they're comfortable doing or they don't want to do, mm. you know, and um, that's where you make your most money. The coach is telling you, yo, pick up this guy 84 feet or, you know, or, or doing something like, you know, standing in the corner, be a perfectionist at that at that level that you can. And then he'll give you a string to do other things, you know what I mean? Because that opportunity will come for sure. But he wants you to be something maybe that you probably don't want to do, but he sees something in you that you probably can do. So take advantage of that situation. And Alex, that's got to be a huge sense of pride as to, you're talking about the, the IE and the Inland Empire uh, and how much... You know, that's where you grew up and how prevalent that is in the NBA. You know, look no further than the Clippers and one of the best players in the league, Kawhi Leonard, coming from that area. You know, there's so many players from not only Los Angeles, but specifically the Inland Empire and, you know, countless examples across the league. But for you, you obviously grew up playing against a lot of great talent. To just see that, you know, transform the way that it has has to be pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. And um, Kawhi Leonard is a definitely prime example, especially coming out of the IE. Um, knowing, knowing what is out there in the IE and knowing what he went through from uh, Martin Luther King High School to San Diego State um, to molding himself to a player that what he is and Greg Popovich taking him and changing his game and bringing him into a light where he can be, sh- be seen um, and giving him that chance, you know what I mean? And I think Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs did a great job. I really love the structure that they do. They play all their players. You're in here, you're getting a paycheck, you're going to play. You know what I mean? I'm not saving a, a single breath. And they play players from the, from the bench all the way, you know, up to the starting five. And um, no lie, I just seen the game when they just lost just now, um, 2007 against the Miami Heat. And the Spurs against the Miami Heat, and I was really like just seeing Kawhi Leonard at a young age, man. He was taking full advantage. He was a star in the making at that stage, you know. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty dope to see, you know what I mean? That that standpoint from from Kawhi's perspective of how hard he worked, and just knowing how hard he worked to get to this point. And um, I got a chance to talk to. Um, a lot of guys and the one thing they ask me like what is the most important thing that you need to do and I always tell them is don't look up you know what I mean keep your head down don't think that you made it um, always strive for you know being better than what you are um, every single day not every single year but every single day and that's gonna that's gonna give you a lifespan and a comfort zone no matter what if you make it to the NBA or Europe or whatever it is but it gives you a comfort zone that I put you know, my heart and soul into this game, and I gave it my all, and you will reap the benefits from it for sure. Yeah, and I think that can be a big inspiration for a lot of kids in any area, but of course, you know, just seeing it, especially for, you know, the Clippers, you know, their two best players and two of the best players in the league are, of course, we just mentioned Kawhi, but Kawhi and Paul George, guys from, Paul George, you know, the yeah. outskirts, different parts of outside of just, you know, just outside of the larger Los Angeles area, went to smaller schools. You know, of course, Paul George initially committed to, to your school, to Pepperdine, before going to Fresno yeah. State. Um, but, you know, yeah. players that played in similar schools that you did as well and then made it to being 
two of the best in the entire world. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty funny you said that because I didn't remember him uh, being committed to Pepperdine. But I do remember him coming to play with us at Pepperdine a lot. We had an unbelievable start, I mean, a uh, pickup game um, the, the last year that I uh, put my name in the draft, uh, which is my junior year. I think that was the same year that Kevin Garnett won MVP that year. Oh, wow. And we had, man, we had, <laughs> it started off with my idol um, was Reggie Miller um, coming to the gym one day and playing one-on-one with a lot of our guys, three-on-three, four-on-four, for like two or three weeks in the summertime. He brought a big old house in Malibu, which is pretty dope. And then uh, I uh, I skipped a lot of classes. I, know I can <laughs> say it now. I skipped a lot of classes to run down and wake up just to see him work out in his work ethic. And he brought his trainer, um, Joe Budasar, and they would get a crazy amount of shots. And he would run by himself, and he would run on the beach, and he would be in the weight room. And I was just a troll. I was just following him and taking, you know, in awe, you know what I mean? And really, like, taking heed to how his work ethic was. And then from that point on, um, he brought in Chauncey Billups. He brought in um, uh, Tyrone Lou when he was playing, Stephon Marbury at his prime, um, Al Harrington. Uh, it was a it was a crazy list of guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was one of the reasons why I got drafted because Chauncey Billups saw me play, and um, he brought a good word in to uh, Joe Dumars from that point, just knowing that I can play. So uh, that's what helped me. Um, just learning learning the basics of how to be a professional and how to um, you know do your work you know from the from the ground up and be accountable for it. So I was really blessed to, to have that, you know, um, coming from uh, Pepperdine, for sure. To see, see that work ethic from Reggie uh, Miller. Yeah, that's an incredible story. And it's funny how things, you know, come full circle. We know Chauncey Billups now, of course, played with the Clippers for a couple of seasons. And now does, does TV for, for the Clippers. And we'll probably be on a lot of these broadcasts going down the stretch of this bubble. But, you know, the, the relationships that, that you make. Uh, connecting uh, all this time forward. It connects, don't it? Yeah, it does, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a circle. Basketball's a small circle, man. You never burn bridges, for sure. You never know who you're going to meet or who, who's going to, you know, who's going to approach you, you know. So always have a good, good, healthy relationship with everybody in this game, for sure. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, Alex, it's, you know, we're going to keep doing this thing every week, like we said, and always enjoy hearing stories like that. Uh, and as we get closer, we said we got basketball starting next week. So next week, even if they're just scrimmages, we're able to talk about some basketball and break down what we've seen from the Clippers. And as yeah. we've also said, we'll bring in some guests in the near future as well. So a lot Definitely of for sure. a lot of exciting stuff coming up. For sure, guys. I'm not going to promise too much or nothing, but I, I got a good friend of mine, Freddie Jones. I, I, I texted him too late, um, so I'm going to give him a heads up whenever we're able to get, get back on. And see if we can get him on as a guest for sure and talk about, you know, his, his past experiences with the Clippers as well, moving forward all the way up to this point in the bubble and stuff. See what he thinks. Yeah, former uh, slam dunk champion, Fred Jones. So we'll uh Fred Jones. <laughs> we'll bring him bring him on, have some others lined up as well. And we're getting ready for the restart of the NBA season. Uh, so Let's Alex go. next week we'll have a we'll have a lot to talk about. So look forward yes, to that. Sir. All right, man. I see you.
And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Big thanks, as always, to my co-host, Alex Acker. And a huge thank you to you as well for tuning in on this episode of Believe in Clippers. We are very close to basketball returning for the Clips, as we said. July 22nd, it'll be 12 p.m. on the West Coast. Clippers take on the Magic in the very first scrimmage of the NBA restart. And then, of course, the regular season restarts July 30th. So we're at the doorstep. It's going to be really exciting. We have it all covered here on the Believe Podcast Network. You know, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. We are also available anywhere else podcasts are found. So find us on your favorite platform and go to Believe.com to check out anything else, any other show that you can find on the platform. There's hundreds of shows to choose from. So with that said... This has been another episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.